Hey folks, welcome back for another episode of Fallen Badge. This episode's going to be the murder of Officer John Robinson. John Robinson was 39 years of age on December 1st, 1999. He was working the A shift or midnight shift the north precinct which later became old allen station robinson had uh, 17 years on the job and he was still riding midnights some officers kind of they kind of get a shift that they like they'll hang with it two months earlier Another Old Allen Station officer, Don Overton, was murdered in the line of duty by suspects fleeing a crime. It was shortly after 1 a.m. December 1st, 1999 at 2882 Lamb Place at a topless club known at that time as Ebony and Lace. Now that address is just north off Democrat. And it's just a rock stroll away from the south leg of 240. Now when I was in the gang unit, we hit that club with OCU about 97 or 98 and that was absolutely the nastiest club even for a strip club it was nasty in fact it gave strip clubs a bad name it was so nasty there were two fellas down there William Wilson and another fella named Chico McCracken now Wilson and McCracken they were half-brothers. Now, Wilson, he's inside the club. And McCracken, he's outside playing dice with a group of fellas there on the side of the building. Some of them's employees. A few of them aren't. Well, as usually happens in a dice game, somebody's losing in this case it was McCracken now they got into an argument the other fellas at the dice game they kind of melted away went back in the club one of them went and told Wilson that his half brother was out there and was getting carried away so Wilson he goes outside the club and goes down there to see what's going on now, Kraken tells Wilson to go get the car. They've got a 1995 blue Mazda. And the car, of course, now it doesn't belong to McCracken or Wilson. It actually belongs to one of them's girlfriend. So, Wilson, he goes and he gets the car. McCracken, he pulls a gun on this fella. Tells him he wants the money. 
And just to emphasize how serious he is about his demand for money, he cranks off around in the air from his pistol. Well, the, the fella, he goes on, he throws down the money that he'd won in the dice game. Well, McCracken decides that ain't good enough, so he tells him he wants all his money. Well, now the robbery victim, he ain't wanting to do that because he's got a little bit of money in his pocket. So he gets to Oregon, so McCracken, he cranks off around in between the fella's legs. And that does a trick because the fella empties his pockets. And there's about $1,200, $1,300 in cash. So Wilson, he pulls back up in the car and McCracken tells him to get out and pick the money up off the ground. And he picks the money up and they get in the, in the car and they go south on Lamb Place and hang a right and they go back westbound on Democrat and they heading towards airways and the entrance to the interstate. Now the robbery victim, he runs inside the club tell security guards what's going on. Security guards make the decision that they don't want to get involved in that. So the old robbery victim, he runs back out, jumps in his car, and he takes all southbound on Lamb Place. And Now he's figuring these fellows are probably heading towards the interstate, so he hangs a right on Democrat and he tears off down the road there he catches up to Crackett and Wilson before they get on the interstate so McCracken and Wilson they they turn and they get on 240 and they're going to go back westbound and the victim, he's behind him in his car. Now he's on his cell phone and he's done called 911, so he's relaying the information to the Memphis Police Department dispatcher that he's been robbed and the fellas have got a gun and description of the car and the whole nine yards. So the dispatcher's relaying this information. And it's going out pretty well citywide. Now, Kraken and them are, they get up to around 90 miles an hour, and so does the victim. They go around 240. And they go, they hit Midtown 240. And now they're going to come around to the north leg there, around Watkins. Now, not for sure exactly which exit they took. This information that I'm going by, this all came from the appellate court decisions. So the information is, is fairly reliable in regards to what I've told you and what I'm going to tell you happened. But now what's not in the record is what exit that McCracken and Wilson got off on. Now, they either got off on the Watkins exit, which is probably what they did, or they went down to the Hollywood exit. 
either way, they riding around being chased by the victim all through North Memphis. Now, police finally get involved on James near Hollywood. In fact, they, on James west of Hollywood, Robinson gets in behind them. Any officer that worked with John Robinson or worked at the time Robinson worked, they know now he loved to get involved in stuff. Now he was a worker. So Robinson, he gets on the radio. He's in a one-man car, and he says he's behind the suspect vehicle and they're eastbound on James. Now the Mazda, it hangs the left and goes northbound on Hollywood. And then, of course, you know, Hollywood, it turns into a street called Range Line. Robinson's on the radio, and he's advised now that one of the suspects has pointed a weapon at him through the car window and that he is in pursuit. Now, when that transmission goes out, Robinson is northbound behind the suspects on Range Line. they right there, right around Trezvan High School. Now, another North End officer, Robert Wilkie, he's in a one-man car. Now, he's done caught up with it, and he's behind Robinson. Now, they they going about 50 or 60 miles an hour, according to what the police are saying over the radio. If you're in a pursuit, you have to give out the charges and also you have to say what the speed is because the lieutenant has 60 seconds to make a decision on whether you should continue the pursuit or not. So now a two-man car got Dave Royal and Chevalier. They were heading towards the precinct. They turn and now they getting they've done went down there and now they're in on the chase. So now you've got two one man cars and a two man car and Robinson's the primary primary car on this. Now when the cars get up to Fraser Boulevard, the suspects they hang a right. Now they're going back eastbound on Fraser Boulevard. Robinson's right behind them. And then when they hit New Island, the suspects, they hang a left and they're going to go northbound on New Island. Now, New Island is a four-lane divided highway. Now, Wilson and McCracken, they're in the left-hand lane and they're trying to get back up the speed. Robinson, he gets over in the right-hand lane and he starts trying to get up beside the suspect vehicle. Now, Wilkie, he's directly behind the suspect vehicle. And then the two-man car with Royal and 
Chevalier, they're behind Robinson's vehicle in the right-hand lane. Now, Robinson has gotten up beside and is slightly ahead of the suspect vehicle. Now, according to the officer's statements later, they said they saw the suspect vehicle swerve to the right and hit the left rear of Robinson's squad car. And of course, when they hit it, they're hitting it with the right front of their car. Now, police do that maneuver all the time. It's called a pit maneuver. Now, when the suspect's vehicle hits Robinson's car in that left rear quarter panel, it sends Robinson's squad car into a spin. And it spins off the road on the right-hand side. Now, that right-hand side is nothing but woods. So Robinson's squad car cuts down several trees, and then it finally hits a tree too big to be knocked down. And Robinson's squad car is basically pancaked. Now, the suspect vehicle... It lost control and it hit, there's guardrails there in the center because they were in the left-hand lane. So it pushed them back to the left and they hit the guardrails and spin around. Suspects are taken into custody. Now when the officers get to Robinson's car, according to the court records, Robinson was pinned in his car. He was gasping for breath. His eyes were wide open and he was unresponsive. Now they call in the life flight, the air unit. They pick Robinson up and they take him to the med, to the trauma one, where he later dies. Now, McCracken and Wilson are later charged with murder and perpetration of a felony and aggravated robbery, and they're sentenced to life plus eight years. Now, during the trial, Memphis police brought in a fellow from the Michigan State Police named Robin Beach. Now, he's an accident reconstructionist now according to his examination said it revealed a circular rubber transfer from the Mazda's right front tire onto the left rear corner of Officer Robinson's car the Mazda's right front tire was abraded and a tear in the tire's covering correlated to the metal sticking through the left left rear panel of the police car. Now there was white paint from Robinson's car that was present on the Mazda's right front fender. Now this Michigan fella, Sergeant Beach, testified that that circular pattern rubber transfer on the left rear panel of the police car could only be caused by turning the wheel to the right, thereby exposing the tire's tread. 
the tire had been straight on impact, Sergeant Beach said that there'd be no rubber transfer, which tells you that the suspects turned the wheel to the right, that that was an intentional act. I know there's other people don't think that's right, but that's what he said. Now, Sergeant Beach also said that he estimated the two cars were only in contact for a matter of seconds before Officer Robinson's car spun out of control. Something else he said, he said he noted that there was an absence of an alteration in the filaments in the Mazda's headlights, indicating that the lights were not on at the time of impact. The suspects had turned their headlights out during the chase. According to Sergeant Beach, at the time of impact, the cars were traveling at roughly the same speed, which was approximately 49 miles per hour. John Harold Robinson, Jr. End of Watch December 1st, 1999